WeMakeTheFunny.com presents Let's Chat Comedy. Hosted by K.L. Thomas. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to We Make the Funny. It's Let's Chat Comedy. And I'm with the very funny British-American comedy duo who are also married. What? Just threw that out there. We are We are Tomasi. Say hello to the comedy world. Hello, comedy world. I'm Sarah Ann Massey. Nice to meet you. Hello, comedy world. I'm British. I'm (laughs) Nick Afka Thomas. You could have just stopped at British. We didn't need to know your name, Nick. (laughs) So you guys have been doing comedy for a little while together. New York, and now you guys are in L.A., but you still go back and forth. You also do go home, right, to London to perform. And recently you had some pretty interesting things go viral online, which we're excited about. So why don't you tell the world a little bit more about yourselves? Okay, yeah, so we actually got our first big start. We did a few, like, random sketches around New York, and then two years ago at the New York uh, Sketch Festival at the Pit, we did our first full show, and it's exactly two years later. A lot has happened. Um, our first video to go viral was a web series called Feminist Fairy Tales. We've got over a million views on Funny or Die, which is really cool. They've been great and support us a lot. Uh, and then in July... We had another big viral video. Yeah, this was the um, Awkward Exes series that we've started up. And this was the first one, the British American one, Britain and America, in fact, at a 4th of July party where um, Britain has turned up. America is uh, surprised to see Britain there at the party. They're exes. It's awkward. Hence Awkward Exes. That's, that's how we title things. It's like the feminist fairy tales. They're fairy tales. They're fairy and they're feminists. Yeah, and um, the 4th of July one, I don't know what happened, but we got 2.5 million views in four days on Facebook, which has never happened to us before. (laughs) It was very exciting. We heard that, like, foreign dignitaries were sending the link out to 300 people on an email thread, none of whom we knew. It was really cool. Exciting, yeah. Um, And that was an interesting one because uh, it was only about 10 days before the 4th of July that I was in the kitchen and I said to Sarah, oh my God, the 4th of July is coming up and that's that's as British American as any holiday is going to (laughs) get. So we we really should be doing something for this. The more I think about it, it's not particularly pro-British as a holiday. Um, it's actually it's very funny because this is the holiday where everybody is going, yeah, happy 4th of July, happy 4th of July. Oh, oh, uh, oh, um. I'm sorry, I guess. <laughs> Actually, people apologize to me. Is that they kind of, it's kind of embarrassing, and it's like we're still trying to get over it and everything. And we're like, yeah, no, it's fine. Actually, that's more or less actually how the idea for this came about, that sketch, because the, um, uh, I'd always had this feeling about, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, we kind of wanted you guys to like move on and grow up and, and, and leave the nest. And, you know, and we, it's like, yeah, it's a bit of a rebellion, but all teenagers go through that. You know, that kind of, you know, obnoxious attitude. That was always my personal Fourth of July joke, uh, and um, and so we had this idea kicking around, which was about Britain coming back and seeing America, and um, sort of walking into the house and going, um, going, oh hey, I like what you've done with the place. It's oh you've you've really extended it. It's much bigger than I remember it. You know, that was basically the sum total of an idea that was kicking around. Uh, and when, when I mentioned that we should do something for Fourth of July, Sarah went okay, and I was still cooking. And by the time I've sort of done chopped the carrots or something sarah's written a page and a half of <laughs> this sketch which is virtually unchanged subsequently uh and she went okay and now they're exes rather than you know mother daughter or anything like that and uh they're exes and so it's awkward and and so she had a title she had the first page and a half or something i mean mild tweaks subsequently but virtually the whole thing came out within about 30 45 minutes fully formed yeah we had the final sketch in an hour and then a couple of days later we filmed it on our friend's roof 
in three hours. Our editor did it in two days, and then it was out right before 4th of July. Actually, I remember uh, I was on Facebook when I wasn't supposed to be because I was at work. So the volume was completely down. And I remember when you guys first posted it, and I was like looking at it, and I couldn't hear it, and I was mad. And my, my coworker's like, why are you mad? What are you watching? I was like, you don't understand. This is nigga Sarah. This is probably hilarious, and I can't hear any of it. And by the time I got off of work, it had already like been shared all over Facebook, tweeted everywhere, and I only did a six-hour shift. Okay, guys? And I, you literally just posted it that day. And I was like, oh, what, what are they doing? Oh, that looks cool. And then I was trying to play it, and I was like, okay, maybe I turn it up. No, I can't turn it up. My dancer phones. And I was mad because I had no idea what you two were talking about. But <laughs> I saw what you were wearing, and you guys were just talking. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so good. Because <laughs> you guys are really good um, – a little bit of a highbrow humor, but it's nothing to, it's it's not like, oh, we're so brilliant. We're going to talk about this funny, brilliant stuff, and you're not going to get it because we're so <laughs> smart and funny. It's not <laughs> not like that at all. I mean, and uh, I remember when you guys first performed in front of, well, when I first saw you perform, I was really excited because I didn't know anything about you, you two cats. And then you went on stage, and it was just hilarious. It, it it is clean, but you guys have a twist that's pretty dark. <laughs> and I enjoy <laughs> very much so. Uh, so when you two are writing, do you look for that twist? Or is it something naturally that comes out of both of you? Uh, I am the twisted one, for sure. Uh, uh, recently, okay, recently, we actually, th- a week ago, this is what our wristbands on our, our arm are. We've got Desert Trip bands from the first weekend of the um, the big concert at Coachella. where uh, AKA Old Cella. Old Cella, yeah, yeah, where the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan and Paul McCartney were playing. And I was listening. Nobel Prize winning yeah. Bob Dylan. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I was listening to. Just pour more salt on my wound, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, we were listening to the various different styles, and particularly it was on the last night when Roger Waters doing his Pink Floyd set uh, was playing, and those songs go on forever and ever, and they take sort of 10 minutes before anything actually kind of happens, you know, just like warming up the song. Um, and that was compared to the night before, Paul McCartney doing his sort of two-minute stings, and there's like the Beatles kind of rocking and being all jolly. And I realized, I was talking to someone, I said, we're kind of like Lennon McCartney, aren't we? Because it's like, <laughs> it's like we write these like two, it'd be partly because I was just like pouring ego on myself. But no, but, but it was mainly because I was like, actually, we write these kind of very quick, very fast, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an idea behind it and it comes out fast and you have it and the song's over before you know it, you know, that kind of thing. But also because I think, unfortunately, I guess, I'm like McCartney. See, I thought I was going to be McCartney and I was really excited. Yeah, but I'm like McCartney because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the kind of like, oh, hey, everything's nice and sweet thing. And then Sarah's going to be the one who's like, no, it's all like fucked up and everything, you know? Um, and, and, and that's why, you know, something like feminist fairy tales is going to, you know, it's going to come out of Sarah's brain <laughs> rather than mine. Whereas another one that's just been going viral this last week. Uh, it was Antiques Roadshow, which was um, it's nearly up to a million views. It's just shy on Funny or Die of a million views. And that's just, you know, uh, someone comes into an Antiques Roadshow set up with a $1 bill going, what's this worth? And, you know, the Antiques Roadshow guys, oh, that's, that's $1. You know, and all excited about it and analyzes it and looks at it for all its value and everything. So, yeah, there you go. That's I am the, Clearly, I'm the one that doesn't politicize it. 
Yeah, that's true. I definitely tend to. I'm like, okay, yeah, but what's the message here? You know, like what what are we saying? Well, we kind of, I mean, being real about it, we do both have the philosophy of wanting to put positivity out into the world with our comedy. You know, there's a lot of darkness and there's a lot of ugliness and we do try to keep our stuff clean and we just want to make people happy. But if we can make people laugh and think at the same time, I think that's a really important feature. And with feminist fairy tales, it was just actually something I developed for an audition I had. Um, I had to do like character monologues. So I wrote it and then we were shooting something else. And I said to the director, you know, if we have like two extra hours, we could bang out these three sketches. He went, yeah, okay, let's do it. And um, they just took off. And two days ago, Elle magazine, you know, the huge fashion magazine in India, wrote an article about feminist fairy tales, which is huge because it's a huge publication anyway. But the fact that it was in India and talking about feminism and it just it suddenly made me feel like for once, oh, there is a reason I'm doing this. Like It's not a stupid ego filled career like you can touch people and you can make a difference. So that's been a nice feature of the past two years, I think. We have the, uh, we often ask ourselves, you know, why, why are we doing this? You know, as opposed to something that might actually make the world a sort of inherently better place. But we, had, we were saying this to a friend the other day and he said, what you do cures cancer. So we, we're going with that version of things now where I'm McCartney, Sarah's Lennon, and we cure cancer. I, I don't know why, Sarah, you thought you were McCartney. I mean, come on, obviously. <laughs> Everyone else knows. <laughs> Chilling here in New York with the lovely Sarah Nick from We Are Tomasi. Fabulous. I like the way Sarah says this. Why am I going to do it? <laughs> so, uh, how did you two meet and being married and working together? That's that's a lot to take on. I can't even do that with my friends sometimes. Oh, yeah. Who wants to Who wants to hit on that first? <laughs> Nick pointed at me, so I'll take it. Uh, we met kind of randomly through a mutual friend here in New York. Uh, our mutual friend was from London, was over doing some stuff with me. And then Nick came over with less than 24-hour notice with another group of friends. And we met at a bar in Brooklyn. All I knew about Nick before I met him was that he wrote math books. Our mutual friend didn't decide to say, oh, yeah, you're both actors. You should talk. He went, oh, no, no, my friend Nick, he writes math books. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds real exciting. Um but we talked and it very quickly came out that he was an actor and he did comedy and we had all this stuff to talk about. We really liked each other as people, but it was not love at first sight. We weren't like ready to go right away. I had sworn off dating because men in New York suck. And uh, yeah, high five. Um, <laughs> well, I, you suck at dating. I'm not saying you suck as humans all the time, but you suck at dating. She was specifically talking to me at that moment. <laughs> I will add on to that. I was single for a long time dating New York and dating New York sucks but now i'm with a new yorker so it's very bizarre there you go so maybe to be fair dating in new york in general sucks my experience of it was that it was the men because i date men anyway um so nick and i uh you know he went back to england we were friends on facebook i said hello to him one night it was his first time ever i amming oh hell yeah yeah she dragged me into the 21st century I did. I did. Um, kicking and screaming all the way. Um, and we spent the next five months talking to each other every day online. We never video chatted. We only typed. Within a week of becoming Facebook friends, we had come up with an idea for a web series and had started working on it. So our relationship really was a friendship and a working relationship before it was anything else. And then he came back to New York five months later to do a play with me. And he walked into the restaurant and I spilled my water because I went, oh, no, I like him. <laughs> 
oh no and everyone else knew my mom went he loves you and I said no uh -uh, it's just it's normal to talk to people for five hours on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when you barely know them and they're across the ocean from you um (laughs) so we started dating like two and a half weeks later different time zones oh yeah different time zones it was very complicated um so we started dating and he proposed like less than a year after we started dating but we kept writing together the whole time uh Nick was really the writer I hadn't written beyond like school assignments um I didn't think I was a good writer and while writing with Nick I discovered oh I I think I can do this and then after a while I started writing on my own and um then she realized that she was better (laughs) no she is the writer (laughs) and I'm just British the reason I pointed to Sarah to tell that story is because if I had told it, we would still be telling this story for a very long time. That's, that's the pithy version. Yeah, Nick, Nick is very British. He's got the whole Hugh Grant bumbling and umming, and it's adorable. But, you know, you it's, it. well, after, you live with it. you, after seven years, it's less adorable. We were asked, we were asked recently, one of the um, sketches that we've been putting out recently, which was fairly popular, was, is this Oxford professor character, which seems to be very popular, fortunately, because I, would, I didn't know if it would work in America. Um, and somebody asked me, like, is it, who's, who's it based on? Is it based on anyone? I'm like, Actually, no, it just comes from some sort of weird recess of my brain thinking oh maybe for one or two people and sarah just looked at me and went it's you it's it's you this rambling can't finish a sentence never quite remembers what you were saying half it's what are you talking it's you no it's not no it's not it's you there you go it's me do you think that because you uh both are from uh different backgrounds and you're from a different country that maybe that's why some of your comedy is extremely universal yes (laughs) I like to think so, yeah. And I was really glad what you said before about it not ever seeming too inaccessible or highbrow. I mean, we're both smart people, and and we want our writing to be clever, but we want everything we do to be accessible. We want people to have fun with it. Like, one of our favorite TV shows is actually a cartoon called Phineas and Ferb. Totally, it's, like, written for kids, but you watch it, and there's so much in there. There's so much interesting information and just really witty dialogue and the kids love it but as an adult you can get a huge amount out of it and I think we've always appreciated that in writing so we try to do that ourselves when we can yeah to be clear we learned that an aglet is a hole that the shoelace goes through as a result of uh, Phineas and Ferb so yes (laughs) wait isn't the aglet the thing at the end of the shoelace the little plastic tip that's the aglet one of us learned something from Phineas and Ferb and the other one didn't. You, dear listener, will have to go and find out for yourself which one's which. Watch Phineas and Ferb on Disney Channel. Also, check these lovely cats at where? Uh, YouTube.com backslash weirdmassy, funnierdie.com backslash weirdmassy, Facebook.com backslash weirdmassy, Twitter.com backslash weirdmassy. Weirdmassy is spelled W E, we, R A R E. And Tomasi is T-H-O-M-A-S-S-E. That's T-H-O-M-A-S-S-E. Thank you. So before I let you guys go, I do have to point out, uh, Nick, one day on Facebook, I was, you know, trolling around like we do. And I saw a post when you went home and you asked where the bathroom was. (laughs) And I was like, I have a job where I have to talk to people from all around the world, and I don't even say that. How did you feel when that happened? Oh, there was there was so much shame. <laughs> there was so much shame. Um, 
One of the things that I, I was saying to Sarah at the time, I kind of said over the years, actually, I realized is that every so often, you know, I will now say basil instead of basil, or I will say tomato instead of tomato and things like that from time to time. And I can never remember if, if it's garage or garage. I think garage is the English one. And yeah, and garage is the American one, right? And I, I kind of, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to get a little bit confused about which is which and everything. And I've been here now long enough, five and a half years. To be confu- I'm just a naturally confused human being. Why, why am I pretending it's got anything to do with time? Um, some people are fine, aren't they, for years? And it's just me. Anyway, um, and, uh, and I said to Sarah years ago, is, the thing is, if I'm in America and I say something in it that's British to an American, they'll just go, oh, that's so adorable. He's, you know, he's, he's like, he's uh, so cute. He's adorable. He said, what? Say it again. That kind of thing. Um, if I say something American back in England, I'm just going to look like a complete dick because it's like because they don't they don't know that I'm you know not living in England anymore and they don't know that you know they'll be like why would you say that it's going to sound like a combination between pretentious and also American and you know a lot of Brits are not as as nice about Americans as Americans are about Brits well because they're bitter just watch Awkward X as Britain and America (laughs) duh yeah, I think that I think that sketch really lays out the historical foundations for 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 the ire that that ripples through the Brits. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, that's really what we were going for, and it turned out to be funny. So that was good. Um, yeah. So I yeah I found out that gosh, it was so embarrassing. I went up to someone in the hotel and said, um, "Oh, excuse me, can you tell me where the bathroom is, please?" Um, without thinking for a second that that was a weird thing to say, and the guy looked at me. This is on the lobby of a hotel in London. And he goes, we don't have a bathroom on this floor. Oh. (laughs) You mean the toilet? (laughs) And I was like, yes. (laughs) Yes, I I do mean the toilet. And the funny thing is that I've been in America long enough now that saying the word toilet, even saying it over the podcast for you lovely people, uh, makes me feel like I'm being disgusting. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I swore early. I'm actually, funny enough, although Sarah's definitely the Lennon here, I'm definitely the one that will swear more readily, I think. On stage. Anywhere. Uh, if I'm angry enough, I will swear a lot. Okay, in conversations between Sarah and me, Sarah will swear a lot. But other than that, it's me. Sarah's more like, oh, that's nice. And then she kills you. <laughs> that's pretty true. Yeah, shame on you, sir. And it's, but it's true, though, because like, I'm not going to say where I work, but we get a lot of British clients and we talk to them on the phone and when they hang up, we don't mean to, but at work we're like, he said, that's lovely. And we're just like, isn't that so cute? She's probably like 80 years old. And I'm just like, isn't she cute? She's an adult. So you're going to head back to LA. So what's going on? What are we looking forward to see next? Uh, well, we have a new sketch coming out. It's a Halloween sketch. It's a little dark. I wrote it. Big surprise. <laughs> um... And we do, we put out a new video every other week, so keep an eye out for that. And then when we get back to L.A., we have a show at Second City on the 17th. And then we're doing a show down in San Diego on the 18th that's actually a big fundraiser, and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, we do shows, just live shows all the time, all over the place. So catch us when you can. We have a very exciting show, which hasn't been announced yet, oh. coming up in December the 21st. So if you're down San Diego way, we will be there, and it's going to be a really special don't show. don't want to miss it. Fabulous. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to Let's Chat Comedy presented by WeMakeTheFunny.com. You could follow WeMakeTheFunny.com on Twitter at WeMakeTheFunny. And check out the website, WeMakeTheFunny.com, and sign up for our laugh letter. That's right. It's the newsletter, but we call it the laugh letter.
It's hilarious.